Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. I'm David Campbell. And I'm Joseph Whitney. This is Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction processes, technology, BIM, and beer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Brewing with BIM. I'm Joe Whitney, and as always with me is Dave Campbell. What's going on, Dave? Hey, not much, Joe. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing well. Not as good as you, though, man. I'm a little envious uh, of your current situation at this current moment, man. I just got to just gotta say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so jealous uh, and happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I'm guessing you're talking about the Mustang. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, we'll dive more into this in a second. Um, uh, real quick, man, uh, what are you drinking? Ah, so I am sipping on, uh, since I got the Costco size case of uh, Three Floyd's Gumball Head, I'm still sipping on that one. But uh, I'm chasing that with a Chivas Regal 12. Ooh, nice, man. You're fancy today. Yeah, well, you know, um, it's kind of a sad story, but kind of, you know, my, my grandpa ended up passing away, right? Um, Father's Day. And his favorite drink was always Chivas Regal. And at his funeral, he, he'd asked me <clears throat> long before he passed, he made me promise that at his funeral or at his wake of wake of life, his celebration, um, that uh, we would all take a shot with him, you know, and I'd, I'd wet his lips a little bit. So I got to, you know, do that, take a shot with everybody. And then I realized, I'm like, man, this stuff is not that bad. I'm like, this is actually pretty good. So I brought uh, brought the bottle home with me, and every once in a while, I sit back and, and, and drink a little bit. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, it's always nice to, you know, kind of reminisce a little bit and uh you know there's a little nostalgia i guess that goes with it you know it's a little more meaningful to you um although you know by itself that's damn good to me (laughs) yeah right right so what are you sipping on oh man so uh, i was gonna do it all fancy but right now i'm drinking uh my good old standby here of some brew dog Uh, i mentioned them before on the podcast they're brewed in ohio they were born in scotland they've got a, a tap room downtown pittsburgh Freaking amazing beer. I love their Elvis juice. Grapefruit IPA. Can't go wrong with that. Um, Dude, Elvis juice is fantastic. Fantastic beer. I love it, man. I love it. But uh, over the weekend, um, I was trying, you know, I was getting a haircut and there's like an hour long wait at the haircut place. I was like, all right, well, let me just stop off at this this uh, brewery that's in a strip mall. And I just I wouldn't ever give it, you know, two two looks. Um, although I did. I do have a scheduled uh, uh, cat manager meetup there in a few weeks. So uh, I just want to say, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just say I was, I was testing the waters. It was fantastic. It was great. It's called Dented Keg Brewing. Um, okay. I haven't had any of their beers before. Uh, Mr. Pink is delicious. I did a uh, little flight when I got in there and just, you know, uh, good way to kill an hour. Um, great beer. And I brought some home and I was like, oh yeah, I'll drink this on the podcast. Didn't make it, make it through the weekend, obviously. Uh, so here I am with some <laughs> man. Heck yeah, man. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is, man. Um, so uh, for our listeners out there, you, you said it earlier, you got a new Mustang. And it's not a new Mustang. It is a 69 Mustang with a 302 um, small block. Yep, yep. Oh, man. I'm I'm so envious. I'm so envious, in fact, that when you, um, 
you know, told me you were doing that, you were looking at this, or you were going to go out and I immediately took the Craigslist and started looking, and I was so close to pulling the trigger on a 67 with a 200, um, uh, it's an inline six, 200 cubic inch. Um, I didn't, you know, I was going back and forth on the the, um, the inline six and like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then like over the weekend, I made the decision. I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy it. I'm just going to buy it now. And then I'm going to stick in a Coyote or I'm going to do an EcoBoost, you yes. know, twin turbo, 3.5 yeah. liter. Yep. And uh, it was sold. It was already gone. So ah. now I'm jonesing. I'm jonesing so bad, in fact, that my wife has already planned to take me to two car shows this week, uh, one Thursday afternoon and one on Saturday um, to kind of get my fix and see if there's anything out there that that is. Um, That's awesome, dude. That's yeah. awesome. I'm, I'm so I'm so envious of you, dude. You've got uh, a hell of a car. And I was thinking about, it. I was like, man, if I got a Stang, dude, an old Mustang like yours, dude, we could, we could like, you know, do some episodes where we're racing them or just, you know, having some fun with them. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, it, it should be fun because I have some plans for it already. I want to get my hands on a scanner. At first, I'm going to use my phone, right? I, I plan on, on kind of mobile mapping it, but eventually I wouldn't mind getting an actual stand-up scanner and taking some scans from the car in terms of the outside as well as the inside, because you know, it's been, it's been funny, but I've been looking at this thing and I'm like, you know, I could go always go ahead and, and try to get some, you know, old parts for this. Now they're hard to find, right? I need a dash for mine. And I'm like, man, that's going to be hard. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to have to make it right now. The interesting thing about making it, you know, instantly construction popped up into my head, you know, scanning is like, okay, we can prefabricate these parts so that they can fit. And, and at that point, I could I could pretty much get anything. I could give anybody those measurements, the exact measurements, and a laser scan of that car. Or you could just say, make your own. Like you could totally customize it to do some new gauges, or like you know you could you I mean, you're a CAD guy. You could uh you know take a scan and then kind of tweak it to uh, you know fit fits new new cluster a new cluster yeah. um, new controls or. Um, new console, whatever, whatever you want to do, man. Like you sky's the limit, man. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where it starts to get fun too, because, you know, like I started thinking about it and I'm like, you know, I want to, I want to give somebody some artistic freedom and a little bit of, in in terms of how things look, I know that I want a certain look with it. Um, And obviously we need the positioning of the gauges, but other than that, I don't have the big specifics in my head of how I want this to look. Right. So in that case, I can give somebody the exact measurements to say, this is this is kind of my idea. This is what I'm looking for. This is a laser scan. Here are all the measurements that you would need. And, you know, here's the pictures from inside of it and everything. Right. Make something and awesome fit. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I mean, but in that case, you're also looking at like 3D printing, anything like we can well, really start pushing on, on what we do, even just for these cars. So 3D printing is interesting. Like there's, you know, little plastic parts and obviously little ends and ends like that knobs that you know 3d printing is going to be amazing for especially um and de- you know customizing your car a little bit um 3d printing a dash not so much heat warp all that fun junk but that said man like the the first part that you mentioned where like you just give somebody artistic freedom i would love to like give this scan to somebody that we know that's in like architectural sheet metal per se and let them kind of go to town and, you know, see what, see what they come up with. Because that'd be pretty cool. That would be that, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you had a dash made out of sheet metal with, like, the rivets and everything, dude, that'd be sick. So there was this kid I went to school with. Um, 
Jordan. I'm blanking on his last name. I don't know why. Um, he, he was a great kid, man. Awesome drummer. Um, just out of the blue one day, like he developed an affinity for like tweaking cars and customizing them. And like he started shaving fiberglass and just making ridiculous uh, things. He was doing like a Model A or something, Model A or something like that. That's he was doing cool. like a lot of cool old cars and just really awesome things. I think he ended up blowing that one up. But uh, he ended up getting a job at Peterbilt uh, years ago. I don't know if he still works there or not, but all like no formal schooling uh, in this stuff. It was just like a hobby of his. They saw his like designs, things that he had done in the past, his his book. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can come come work for us. I mean, <laughs> reach out to somebody like that, like somebody, you know, that just has a passion for it, a love for it, a desire for it. That, that you know, put some creativity in it. That'd be awesome, man. Yep, yep. Yeah, man, it's it's exciting to to really think about and to get into, you know, it's a, it's a project, right? And it is, I'm man. Trying it's to, a big project. It's a big project, and yeah. I got to keep it under budget. So, <laughs> so so I know you're you're like me. You're a Gone in sixty seconds fan. Uh, oh, you love yeah. Eleanor. That's it. You didn't get the fastback, obviously, because the fastback is uh, about forty thousand dollars for uh, yeah. salvaged car, uh, and there's there's so few of them. Uh, it's insane. There's a company out of Texas that'll make you one, you know, like from scratch, all the modern luxuries, all that sort of stuff. But it's like $150,000. Yeah, but it's $150,000 starting price. And it's like, oh, that's that's, you know, that's above and beyond there. You know, plus there's something about putting in your own wrench time and, you know, working on it yourself uh, and with your kids and all that stuff. And I know you're like me. You've got several kids that you want to get involved with the car scene and and uh, maybe uh, help them get them like um to know a little bit more about cars oh yeah definitely it was awesome as soon as i got it here i pulled it off the trailer because you know it's running driving it doesn't uh doesn't stop too well yet but we'll <laughs> we'll get that point um, this fun, yeah, yeah 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 definitely but i got it down you know my kids come out and they're all excited my boys climb in and um i revved it up a little bit for them and right now it's just straight headers so <laughs> it's <laughs> it it it, uh, it it vibrates the floor of that car. It shakes the whole car. It's awesome. And my daughter was like, "Oh, I don't I don't know if I like that." I'm like, "Why?" And she goes, "My feet feel like they don't stop moving." <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, man, it was kind of dangerous, but I loved it. I look back, and my son, both of my sons, had the biggest smiles on their faces. They're just like, "Yeah, Dad, do it again, do it again." <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh yeah, this is gonna be awesome. Love Hell it. yeah, man, dude. Um, I was already looking at the the turbochargers you can put in that 302. Uh, I'm 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 I've been geeking out, man. So like, it's funny like the the shows you watch on TV or whatever you're in the mood for TV wise kind of dictate your your hobby life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and all it kind of started, you know, I didn't watch reality TV show before this year for whatever reason. I just like ah, so disgusting. I can't watch it. And I know, like, a lot of it I look at, I'm like, oh, this is garbage. You know, I can't watch The Bachelor to save my life. But I was watching Storage Wars early in the year, and you know what happened there, man. Like, I started oh, yeah. doing auctions and all kinds of crazy stuff, well, all online, um, and found a little side hustle there. But um, the other thing is we've been watching Motor Trend nonstop, man. You know, um, Iron Resurrection, Bitchin' Rides, um, you know, Texas uh, uh, Metal Fat. Like, we've been watching all these shows nonstop. And we're, we just have that itch. It's like, all right, we got to go. My wife's, my wife's, she's on board. So, um, I don't, I don't know what's, what drove your itch, but I'm, I think I had the, the itch at the same time you did, man. I'm, I'm there. Oh, yeah. I gotta, gotta do it. Oh yeah, man. Mine, 
I've had it for years. I, it was nuts. Right before I moved to Oregon, I had a 76, 77 Corvette L82. Um, and I was actually right in the middle of restoring it. I got all the body work done. All the glass was in the seats interior were done. I just got a, uh, 350 and a 350 turbo trans out of an old Chevy. I think it was a C10. And, uh, the guy had done some cam work to it, head work, things like that. I knew the guy real good dude. Actually, uh, he taught me how to take the engine and transmission out and then how to hook it back up in the process. So he sold it to me. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great deal. But, uh, you know, when we moved out to Oregon, I decided to sell it because I really didn't want to try to haul a project cross country. Didn't know where we were going to live at first. Oh, you know, just back. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Now, I can tell you at this point, I'm super glad that I got this car. It's like my dream car, man. It's uh, it's it's kind of insane. So that's what I was going to get to is they make a a, a kit. You got to brush up on your welding and uh, 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 torsion skills here. But they make a kit um, to shave out the back. Um, so essentially, you're shaving from the roof. You're cutting from the roof down yep. through uh, the freaking trunk, man, and even the back, yep. uh, whole the back lip, man. Um, but it actually, there's a, a conversion kit for fastback, so you could you could have your Eleanor. Uh, <laughs> it's going to require a shitload of work, but hey, man, it's, it beats forty thousand dollars for for a roller. That's definitely true. Yeah. And I've, I've looked into that a little bit. I saw they all, all they also sell the, uh, the body kits for them, the fiberglass body kits, um, like for the front rear, the hood, the hood scoop, the sides, um, like the side kind of air cowls that they have on them. Yeah. Um, they sell oh, all of that as a kit. Keep it with steel, man. Come on. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Of course. So, um, go ahead. I was going to say, so like, not many people know this about me and you, but like we we kind of have like a background, two two main things between us that kind of brought us together in our conversations. One is 90s rap music. And the other one is that we were all like shade tree mechanics. Like you had this, this Dodge was like a caliber or something. Yeah, the Dodge caliber SRT4. SRT, man. Yeah, dude. Um, and you, you put in some wrench time on that. I oh, yeah. Can't yeah. tell you the cars I had, man. But uh, like I had a Infiniti M45. I had... Um, I had a little neon SRT. Those are pretty peppy, man. Not not bad. Yep. Um, you know but, what's funny though? I was thinking about it before, you know, too long here. Um, I mean, I it's an investment, right? But at least now they're decently cheap. I honestly think those SRT fours are gonna become kind of a collector car. Just because really? the fact that I mean, I, I don't know, but I believe that our generation, like as we're growing older, that car was was pretty nuts it was kind of cool right it was weird looking but it was so fast for what it was I mean, it it was just kind of nuts and it was cheap right you know what you know what the easiest and most affordable um still uh to this day car is to tune what's that it's a ford focus a focus really ford focus is the cheapest car to tune it's crazy blows my mind um, but that said, man, the cars that you and I grew up with when we were younger that we kind of idolized uh, in the 90s, probably before we even had driver's license, were the, at least for me, was the Eclipse, um, oh, yeah. uh, the you know GSX, the Supras, the, 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 Supras Skylines. Yeah, the Skylines, or if you're in the U.S., it's a Sylvia, there's the S13 or S14 body style, um, Nissan 280SX or 240SX, I forget which one it was, in what country, but 
I may, or maybe it was a 180SX and a 240SX, depending on the country. Beautiful freaking cars. Uh, those were six cylinders. The turbo, the um, Supra was a six cylinder. The the uh, Mitsubishi Eclipse was a four cylinder. It had the uh, uh, 4J63T uh, T for turbo engine in it. And man, that thing was badass. I was I was obsessed with those. Like those are the cars I remember. Oh, 3000 GTs, the 300 3000 GTs, yeah, the VR4s. You can't, yeah, oh, yeah. The, the MR2, uh, you can't find those cars oh, now, yeah. even like a Prelude, you know, or, or um, oh, yeah, a decent 90s Integra or something like that. Like, I just, I don't see them anymore. Like, they're they're gone. But yep. those were collectors for a while, especially after that, you know, Fast and Furious stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, what's funny, though, is um, I actually just bought the Walmart had had the whole set like eight eight movies of Fast and the Furious. Just and... bought it on Amazon, man. Shit. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I just got it, so I was watching it the other day. And uh that Yanko Camaro, man, I started looking for those. Mm. I was like, man, I haven't thought about a Yanko Camaro in forever. That's the second one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the second one. Yeah. You can't find them anymore. You can't find them. It's nuts. You can find some clones, but the true Yanko Camaros or the Yanko Novas, you don't find them. Yeah, man. Uh, that's crazy. Man, dude, we're like in simpatico here. Uh, so my birthday <laughs> weekend was uh, June, June 8th was my birthday. And uh, that weekend or something like that, you know, I watched like one of the Fast and Furious. And I just all I wanted to watch was the original. That's the one I love. Like, that's the one that hits home. It has all the cars they want. Um, it had a better storyline. I think the only other good storyline and those original, you know, non-spin-offs was probably like number five. Five had a great one, Fast Five. But yep. so the original Fast and the Furious, I mean, the, the, the rest are fun, but the best storyline, I think, is the first one. So that oh, yeah. original Fast and the Furious, though, man, I was like, oh, I could just buy this. And it's like, you know, like $9.99. It's like, oh, but they're all $9.99 piece. And then I kept looking through Amazon, and I was like, I'm not waiting for a DVD. I, j- I need it now. I need it now. <laughs> this second, I saw that they had the... The, uh, a fast pack, or I don't know what they called it, but it was like the group of eight, everything but Hobbs and Shaw, essentially. Yep. And yep. Uh, and then I ended up buying Hobbs and Shaw afterwards, but I got all those, and I'm excited for Fast Nine, man. Heck yeah, dude, that's awesome. I haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw yet. I I fell out a lot with them, honestly, after um, Fast Five. You know, my favorites are honestly one through four. Um, I mean, I think Tokyo Drift is actually pretty good. I really like that one it- as well. It's great, dude. The it so is. like, the Mustang at the end was awesome. But the cool thing is, I didn't even realize this till recently. And I, you know, I love the franchise. Was uh, that that third one, the Tokyo Drift, is actually mm-hmm. supposed to come after like five or six or something like that, because Han is supposed to, you know, Shaw. You'll find out the storyline later. Yeah, so yeah. But here, but that's supposed to come later in the sequence, which was crazy. But I guess you know, like. Nobody had signed on to do the third one, so they were like, oh, let's, you know, do this movie in Tokyo and see what happens. But it ended up lending very well to the franchise, and now they brought Han back in Fast 9, which is interesting because he died technically in Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. And, and 9 comes afterwards, so they're going to explain, you know, him faking his death or something like, like that, I'm sure. Interesting. All right. Yeah, man. All right. And, like. You, you go back and you watch it now. You're like, oh, my God, I didn't know freaking Wonder Woman was in this. I didn't, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Right. Holy yeah, cow. It's, yeah. It's so nuts when we start watching those older movies or the first one. How what was it, what was her name? Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Oh, she's just so tough. And then it just how her character changed. I mean, it's funny. 
Yeah, she softened a bit in a few of them. And then yep. when, you know, she loses her memory, you know, all that sort of stuff, she gets tough again. But I felt, man, I, I feel like watching that first one, I feel like every character in that first one was well-developed, at least better developed in my mind than later on. The other ones, I think, are just more fun. Like, I feel like the one with Tyrese is, and Eva Mendez, the second one is great. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, a lot of them are just more fun. Um, yep. Like, they just, yeah. I don't know. That's when they brought on Luda. Yeah. Bridges. Yep, yep. Luda. Oh, man. Uh, his uh, character we're, we're and Tyrese's back tangents, and forth. We're man. <laughs> yeah. So I'm driving tangents. through. So I went to uh, um, uh, North Carolina, uh, I guess it was like two weeks ago now. And, uh, you know, it was a blast. Kids uh, loved it. Uh, we spent most of our time, instead of at the beach, at an indoor pool, which was, you know, a great nice. use of our time. <laughs> yep, but yep. as we're driving back uh, through, uh, we see in uh, Virginia all these um, signs, and it's all, like, hilarious, like, shout-outs to Fast and the Furious. It's like, you'd be ludicrous if you're going too fast. Like, like the, the, it's all like the DOT, like, you know, trying to get you to stop speeding things. But it's yeah. all like shouting out ludicrous and Fast and the Furious. It's kind of cool, man. That's awesome. Heck, yeah. You got to love it when people do just, you know, it's corny, but you got to love it. You really do. It's awesome. I, I love people being people. We're not machines. Yep. We're not meant to be machines. Let your character yep. show. Put in, put in your quirks. That's why people are going to like you. They're not going to like you because you, you know, you're on Instagram, you're perfect. Nobody gives a shit. Like, sure. You got a yep. million followers, but are you a real person on there? No. Like, let, you know, let, let's, let's have a real conversation. That's, that's how I get to know you. Um, yep, yep. And that's what, I mean, that's where you and I talk about all the time, dude, don't be fake, put it out there. Uh, you don't know something fucking own up to it and uh, try and find an answer and that sort of stuff. That's, that's just life. Uh, you, you don't have, um, you don't have a lot of, time i guess you know life is short you're yep. just talking about your, your grandfather there um to you know be you know what you think everybody wants you to be be funny let it show be corny who cares yeah, i like that exactly stuff, that's what we yep. like we like a little uh rough around the edges we like that corniness some of the best movies are campy and corny and i don't know i love it man no oh, dude I, I i had this picture come up today i'm still kind of laughing about it but uh, one of my buddies sent me this picture from Facebook and somebody had taken five Lipton tea bags and threw them in a toilet. And um, <laughs> it was referencing the Boston Tea Party. They're like, just in case the red, the red coats think we got soft. Uh. <laughs> I, just, I just laughed so hard. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's just mm -hmm. ridiculous. And it's just like the, the it was just stupid. Right. But it's. Somebody tried, they just thought about that for some reason and did it. And it, that's, that's that person's personality. And it's funny. I love it. The, the little, little quirky things about people when you just, you know, whatever it is, if you can put your spin on it, it's awesome. You, you know, actually like thinking about it now, like this is probably why I like comedians as they're working out bits and new materials and all that sort of stuff. It's because, um, because they're, 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 they're trying something. They're, they're, they don't know if it's going to work. They don't know if people are going to like it. They're, they're, you know, trying to show their little personality and how they, they're seeing something. And sometimes it's horrible, but you know, <laughs> every now and then you get something that just lands. You're like, that shit is hilarious. That that's gold, man. Like, and I don't know. I just love that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of comedy. That's the only reason why I bring that up. But, uh, um, and I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts and Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura and all those guys, Heck yeah. um, uh, Mark Maron. 
fucking brilliant people. Witty as hell. Anyways, man, so uh, if you guys can't tell, this episode is pretty much a car talk. All we're doing is chatting about uh, good beers and awesome cars, things that make us us. Uh, we'll chat about BIM another time. Yep, yep. But, but tying it together, though, in, in all laser scanning. Uh, there honesty, go, there you go, laser <laughs> scanning. It's all about the information, right, and managing it. If you can take a laser scan and hand it to somebody, I mean, it, it ties into prefabrication Dude. and everything like that, right? We have you to take what, these, these kind of measurements. You know what would be awesome? Um, wait, before you take something apart, or maybe at each stage that you're taking something apart, Yes. You just do a quick scan. I can't tell you how many times, even if I – Best of intentions, tape up something, put it in a bag, label it. I'm still I still screwed up somewhere. There's a bolt in the wrong bag. There's something that I can't quite figure out. You know what I wonder? And I miss a step. I wonder if there's a car buff out there or if anybody has built a model like a SolidWorks or something like that type of model of an engine that we can actually explode, right? Think about that going through the sequence of exploding every every bolt, everything like that. We can do certain animations, like for taking off the head, everything like that. I imagine that's honestly going to be the the future of you know, mechanics of, of working on a car. Oh, I'm, I'm sure but, if you paid to go to like the uh, what is the AST uh, AST yeah. I don't know the. I, I wanted to go to like the Lincoln Institute of Technology. Yeah. 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 I'm sure they've got like a computer program that like they just explode the model and it shows how everything goes back. I know like if I pull open like one of my Chilton or Haynes, actually I think they're the same company now. But if I pull open one of those magazines, those the books, uh, yeah, it kind of has like some of them almost an exploded view of, hey, this is where it goes. And like there's arrows, you know, going through each uh, hole and, you know, pointing where the screw goes through each hole and it's an exploded view. It's kind of cool. Um, but just imagine having something like that, putting it up in um, BIM 360 or ACC, whatever you want to call it, and using their little uh, uh, Exploder View thing, man. That's that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, heck yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. I mean, honestly, that we could tie this back into construction too, because in all honesty, before something goes in the car, well, I mean, even most of the time they take it to the shop, right? It has to be in a shop so they can kind of cut it and, and like upholstery or the dash, anything like that. You know, they probably have to make multiple cuts. They'll take multiple measurements, wrap the material around, make sure it fits. Um, another thing I'd kind of imagine is if they can't have those cars, being able to design something and being able to do like a clash detection or coordination with the vehicle itself, being able to insert that in and kind of make sure all the fitment is correct based off of what is there as the scan. But of course, you know, well, you know with a car, we don't need millimeter precision, so... That well, you, be, you, you'd be, you know, um, I mean, very in, in the outside, what matter the outside precision of the again. cars. So like, yeah, uh, most of these car shows I watch these days, um, there's, you know, they always have the same issue. Oh, parts not available and you gotta go find yeah. it or, uh, engines not firing up. What do we do? And they over dramatize shit, right? That part doesn't get me, but I, you know, I'm not really interested in that part. I just want to see the build. But a lot of times though, like there'll be, it's one of the common issues is, um, something doesn't fit. And there's like, but I measured, I measured, I did this, I did this, we dry fit with this. And they're like, well, that's not the same size. Why'd you think that would fit or whatever? And it was like some common issue. This one that they were doing was like a 62 Camaro or something like that, or 62 Vet, sorry. Um, and, uh, you know, they had this fiberglass body and um, they put a new chassis underneath and it wouldn't fit. And they're like, well, why wouldn't it fit? And, you know, it's the chassis, it's the 
uh, you know, it's a similar frame. This one's just beefier. It's like, well, shit, did anybody, you know, scan and kind of just put the two together and see, like, I don't know. Yeah, check the go, fitment. Go, go. Everything is go, go, go. But just check the fitment, right? Get mm-hmm. take Take a quick scan of both and then just push them together and say, nope, this won't, you know, this hits this or or this doesn't hit that or, you know, whatever. Yep. I don't know, man, but there's a lot of cool stuff. A lot of the common ones is the um, transmission tunnel. Uh, they, you know, they stick in a beefier transmission and they got to cut a, you know, a wide tunnel, a hump in the car essentially for the transmission and they have to rebuild the housing, but you know, they don't measure correctly or something like that. And it's like, well, you know, shit, just, you know, figure out how high it comes up and, yeah, it sounds so simple, right? We everything sounds yeah. so simple, and then you actually. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've I've uh I've probably worked on about 40, 50 cars in my life, man, and uh, some serious wrench time in each of them, and um, I can't tell you how many times I've run into similar issues that require different solutions. Like nothing in the in the car world is easy. Uh, we nope. think nothing in construction is easy. Nothing in in uh, automotive is easy either man it's uh, it's crazy well, at least in customs. yeah well yeah completely like i you know a bunch of guys i was talking to they're like oh you should take that engine out and put an ls motor in it and i'm like well yeah that'd be fine but i have a t t5 four corner transmission i said an ls motor does not just directly mount up to the no, t56 or something right yes exactly right but it, it's it's interesting if i tried to do it i could make it work but i would need you know, a different flywheel and I would need a different throwout bearing and I would need, you know, just different little things. Yeah. I'm like, man, it's just nuts how, if you think about it between the different brands, they don't like to work together. They don't want to make the same kind of parts. Obviously they don't, but you'll find that Borg Warner, that T56 in both Ford and Chevy, they're, so in the LSAs are very common, LS3, LS4s, but they're also very common with Coyotes. Uh, oh yeah, 5.0s. Um, yep. But that said, that, man, you're right, dude. Like nothing. Sorry, man, I interrupt you. Nothing, nothing works between brands. We know that. You know, um, Chevy and Ford don't get along, even though they're both made, you know, damn near in the same plant. It seems like, at least in the same town, most of the times. Uh, at least it used to be, right? Um, yep. When they first came out the factory, they were. And it's just crazy, like the the subtle differences. Oh, these four of these bolts line up, but these top two, for whatever reason, are they don't. It's like, why yeah. would you make it so much alike just to be a pain in the butt? Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. No, and actually, that's uh, that's kind of been my plan, too. It's funny that you mentioned the Coyote motor, but that's exactly what I'm looking at. I want a Coyote. Um, I think it's going to be the, the 5.0, but, you know, the 4.6 pretty much. Um, and I, that, I think that's exactly what I want to do. And instead of to trying to, you know, decide whether I want to go turbo or supercharge it, I'm just going to say screw it and go pro charge it. So I'm going to have the best of both worlds. It's oh, really what, what I'd like to do. Right? It's, it's, no, it's both. So I want to, I want to actually run a supercharger on the low end and a turbocharger on the high end. So I wouldn't mind, like if, since I got a V8, I wouldn't mind uh, because essentially what you'll, what you'll do with that is the supercharger has that instant, you know, kind of go and it builds up. And as it reaches the high end, that's where the supercharger maybe isn't so great but that's where the the turbocharger is perfect especially if you get a bigger turbocharger because they take a while to spool up so right as you're getting that you know kind of primary out of your your supercharger your turbocharger is is right there and i i mean i have to figure out exactly how they do it i don't know if it was like to the front four and then the back four or exactly how they do well, it 
Yeah, I mean, I know there's something unique about Procharger. I'm pretty sure Procharger is a brand, but there's there's something unique to it. It is a supercharger, but you're right. There is like a turbocharger-ish component to it. Uh, it's still oh. belt-driven. It's you know, it, it's in that that line of things. Um, they're 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 freaking amazing. You you add a Procharger to a Coyote, so if a stock Coyote, you can get uh, the new 5.0s, the true 5.0s, not the 4.99s or 4.96s, whatever they are, um, the true 5.0s, you'll get, I think, 460 horsepower out of a newer Coyote, but uh, you slap on a freaking, maybe I'm over, overshooting that a bit, somewhere around there, like 400-something horsepower. Um, maybe it's 395. I don't know why I have 400 in my head. It's 395, I'm pretty sure. 395 out of a Coyote, but you slap on that Pro Charger, man, you're going to make another, you know, 300 horses on it. Um uh, get damn near 700 horsepower out of a coyote with a pro charger and i'll tell you what a coyote is actually compared to an ls3 or an ls4 is actually pretty damn inexpensive oh it's twin charged i'm sorry i, I don't know why i call it pro charger thank you very much yeah, that is a brand it's it's uh twin charged that's what it's called twin charged yeah this is dip. that's new to me man dude i'm i learn something new all the time yeah, dude, it's, it's, um, gosh, you can run. So that's, I mean, that's what I've heard. I mean, obviously twin turbos are amazing as well. And, and the superchargers are, are awesome, but I, I like, I try to, I, I want to use the best of both worlds in that sense. Now I'm not trying to drag race this thing either. So, <laughs> well, oh. I mean, I would love to drag race it, but dude. yeah. Dude, now you've got me hooked. A twin charge is a supercharger with turbo. That's fucking amazing, dude. I mean, yeah. let's, let's make this happen, dude. <laughs> right? That would be amazing. Yeah, I have I not mean, seen a twin nuts. charge. I've seen like twin scrolling and, and all this, but not a twin charge. That's that's interesting. Um, man, I wonder what you get out of that. I Oh, uh, another thought for you, man. I don't know if you want to, I know you're on the V8 kick, but if you want to get some fuel, you know, if you want to make it a daily driver and get oh, some the eco good boost. gas mileage out of it, go EcoBoost. Yeah, V6, uh, so you get all the benefits of fuel mileage there, plus it's twin turbo. The turbos on that are stock, you don't get a lot of boost, but dude, that 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 freaking um, uh, that motor's pretty, you know, that block's pretty solid. You, it can handle, you know, probably twice as much boost out of each turbo. That's an interesting thought as well. Yeah, especially if you could do a couple Garrett like 50. Um, Gosh, well, it's cheaper. It's, it's not. It so is cheaper. I, so well, I think the EcoBoost is actually about. I think the EcoBoost. Yeah, in a way. So I think the EcoBoost is probably going to cost you about a thousand bucks more than a Coyote, depending on the version of the Coyote. But the EcoBoost is uh, more cost efficient to to uh, you know boost up and make all nice and do a bunch of shit to. Uh, whereas yeah. that Coyote, there's only so much you can do. You're gonna have to. Uh, you're. I mean new cam you're in you're into eternals you bore out some pistons you're gonna bore out some cylinders. You're, you're in for freaking the long haul there man you're gonna sink ten thousand dollars at your freaking machine shop alone um yeah. getting that thing set up you know aluminum heads and, and a bunch of shit on it and then yeah. you're still gonna sink you know what another four thousand bucks on a complete um uh you know pro charger or i don't know how yeah much See, now you just got me going back to the LS conversation. I'm like, man, in that case, I'll just sell the whole drivetrain and just get an LS motor with a, a turbo trans or something. Well, the issue with the feet. LS, man, I haven't seen an LS with transmission for under 15 grand. That's a that's a hefty price to pay. Oh, dude, no. <laughs> Bro, what, what, what? see, 
what I'm looking to do is uh, I'm looking to buy. I'm, I'm going to actually start going to these uh, insurance auctions and I'm going to find there a total car. I'm gonna, my, my idea was to find a total Mustang GT. And essentially with that, I could pull the Coyote motor, the drivetrain, the wiring harness, the rear end. I could probably reuse the dash, the interior kind of future, like come modernize it a little bit from a newer uh, Mustang standpoint in terms of, you know, maybe whatever's not damaged. How, how's your chassis, man? How's the frame? Is it Actually, the solid? frame's fine. Yeah, the frame's pretty solid. It has a couple of rust spots in the back towards where um, where the salt kicked up from the rear wheel drive, which of course I'm going to take that in and have that um, figured out. Well, but other than that, it's good. Well, what I was going to say is if you're going to go this route of uh, finding a, a wrecked newer GT, you know, say uh, what 96 on up, should probably be pretty or 94 or whatever that. that I was going to go months. right around 98 to 2006, which okay. I think you know 2006 to 2000. 12 or was it 12 and up it might have been 12 or 15 and up those are the coyote motors um which those are still really really expensive but i've been able to find like the uh, 96 or 98 for like two grand man i mean oh there you go yeah i'm i'm checking out some uh all kinds of shit right now. i mean I was, this is when i was uh i say two grand it's it's probably closer to four grand and i'm, I'm under exaggerating <laughs> i was but, gonna uh, say man like Two grand, boom, sold. There you go. No, it's like four grand and probably another uh, 2,500 for transmission to go along with it. You know, 6,500 bucks, not a freaking big deal. Um, you know. Yeah, but at that point, you're you're gonna try to sell the shell. You know, you have to get rid of the shell. But, but this is what I was thinking though, man. Is fucking take off your, uh, you know, you could part out a freaking Mustang GT. I'm sure yep. make a little bit of money there. But uh, or you can just hell take it to a scrapyard, scrapyard, get 300 bucks for it. Not, you know, exactly. So it's all good. But my thought to you is, well, why would you go through like uh, assuming um, the donor car that you're getting um, has a straight frame, you know, even though it's been an accident. Shit, I'd almost uh, keep the uh, keep the engine, keep the transmission, wiring harness and the frame the body on it. Yeah, suspension, that's Yeah. And then dump. But, dump but the in a Mustang. With the Mustang, I don't think that you can take the body off. Well, you can always take the body off. It just depends on if you want to cut or not. Um, yeah, that's But I don't true. think that that year was a was a unibody, was it? Uh, let's see, Mustang '69. No, nah, man. Um, I think there's companies that make frames for it. No, Mustang yeah. is a unibody. Yeah, never mind. Yep, yep, yep. But you can cut them out. So uh, apparently you just cut around the, the frame. You're going to need new floor pans and all that sort of stuff to go along with it anyways. But um, that's a lot of fabricating. Yeah, actually, and that's the, the funny thing. The kid, the guy that I got it from, he already did new floor pans. He did, you know, new kind of rear quarter panels. He actually went underneath it, sanded a lot of stuff down, sealed it. So the body and the frame are actually looking real good, except for this one spot. So I think I want to I want to try to reuse that. But the big thing is, you know, one, the, I, I wasn't really thinking about it too much when I first got it. But then as I, I've been thinking about it, the wiring harness, all the electrical for that car, like I'm going to have to redo it just because the, the original Ford wires are going through Ford. there. Oh, well, oh, yeah. And they make these okay. build your own kits as well. Oh, here you go. Well, I mean, right. they, they make your these build your own kits. And what I'm thinking is if I can get the interior out of a newer Mustang, maybe even, I mean, if I could get heated seats and everything like that, I would definitely do it. But if not, you know, it's not a huge deal. My big thing is I'm getting a manual transmission 
I wouldn't mind loving, you know, loving a, a, a custom dash, but at the same time, a newer Mustang GT dash, you know, something like that would be pretty neat. Um, if I could get like a Celine or Roush edition kind of dash, that'd be kind of neat too, you know, and piece it together, make it whatever I want, but kind of, um, you know, be able to pull pieces wherever I need. And that's been the, the fun part about it as well. But again, trying to figure out that fitment between the different years and the body styles to make sure everything works. And then if I got to cut stuff down, how am I going to fabricate it to fit? So who knows? Man. The rear, the rear end that. wiring harness, all that stuff, though, I think that's all plug and play. You got to get on that. Uh, um, you you got to get on that welding freaking. I don't know when the last time you welded was. For me, it was, I don't know, a good 15 years ago. Uh, I'm due for a refresher course. I've been looking online. Uh, there's a oh, few. Dude, that's on actually some a really good idea. That's a really good idea. Dude, there's some on a meet up, on some meetups. You know, I'll probably just end up buying a cheap hundred dollar, you know, hundred fifty dollar Harbor Freight Fire to welder. play around with. Yeah. And then I'll then I'll jump up to a Miller or something like that or Lincoln, you know, later Although, on. Although I'm not gonna lie, I prefer I always preferred stick welding to wire welding, just because I could always get my bead a lot nicer. I felt like with a stick over the wire. It, but it just know. depends on the application the speed. as well. So you well, need, yeah. you, you need strength. Um, so, you know, certain, certain applications, MIG, TIG, you know, all that sort of stuff, they, they have an application, right? It depends on, you know, some burn hotter, you know, some will tear right through uh, an exhaust. Some, you, you know, are, yeah, are better depending on the different types yeah. of metal that you're welding to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Yep. So like, and the, the application that you're using it, is this a structural component or you just tack welding for a reason? Like, you know, for something quick that you're going to burr off in a little bit. Um, yeah. Like there has, you know, there's intent behind it. And for me, like, I don't remember half that shit. I have friends that are, you know, badass underwater welders and shit like that. And like, they're, you know, talk about badass underwater while you're scuba diving and you're freaking welding under freaking the ocean. That shit is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That they're, is awesome, they're freaking but- they are and very dangerous. They are freaking kick-ass people. And I, I just, I never grasped it. You know, growing up, man, I grew up with a bunch of, you know, I grew up in Texas. I call them rednecks. They were more redneck than me. They were my best friends. Uh, you know, shout out to those guys. Um, fucking, like, I had a friend with a, a jacked-up Ford um, Ranger with the uh, side steps. And another buddy of ours went out and bought a, um, uh, the Mazda version of it. Like, and they were kind of competing yep. on who was doing what. Well, dude, we were broke-ass kids and stuff, man. So uh, we got, like, steel fence posts and made running boards out of them, just welding them up, like, doing all kinds of crazy shit, man. And, uh, you know, I say crazy, like, dumb shit, right? We were just customizing the vehicles with what we had access to. And it was just, you know, stuff we learned in high school shop class. Um, You know, fun stuff, you know, bunch of kids with uh, access to welders, man. That's all it was. And to be honest, man, shit, I don't remember any of that. I, I sold some stuff recently to this guy. I, I came across this machinist um, machining tools, and I sold them to this guy who, who um, I sent you his information for another another reason. But anyways, um, he was like, dude, look, man, uh, you want to start fabricating some stuff for that motorcycle you got out there? I'll teach you how to weld for free. And, like, I didn't even think anything of it. I'm going to give that guy a call now to think about it. Heck, yeah, dude. Well, and, you know, the nice thing about it really is that, you know, shout out to our generation here, but we can Google a lot of different things and you know, kind of figure it out. YouTube, <laughs> man, YouTube is the shit. It really is. Like if you watch, you want to look up what type of metal you're welding to, what type of gauge wire, you know, things like that. 
you of course practice so, a little bit to, to get your speed down, things like that. But it's awesome how much information. So shout out to YouTube, man, because those people putting up their stuff on there are awesome. Um, so like I have this gas tank came with the bike that I'm, I'm working on and um, it's been a pain in my ass. I've had to clean the carbs like three or four times and getting them out is not a problem. Putting them back in is a pain in the ass. Uh, getting them seated correctly uh, on this old bike. And um, every time, and I can't figure out what's going on, but my gas just turns sour. So like the first time, you know, I, I, I dumped the tank, I cleaned it out. I did uh, one of those poor 15 treatments um, where, you know, you're, you self-line it or whatever. Well, apparently that poor 15 crap, um, I would have never even guessed it really until I drained all the gas, started flaking off and just getting into the petcock and just um, gumming up the fuel pump and the fuel filter. Um, but anyways, you know, I'm like, I don't know what the hell to do. I got to find a new tank. Shit, nobody makes an 85 tank and all the aftermarket ones look like shit for this bike. Um, freaking some like 17 year old kid on YouTube freaking is just showing what he's doing with the vinegar in his gas tank and how it dissolves the freaking, um, uh, you know, caustic ass poor 15 chemicals in like freaking a week. So I let that shit sit over a week. I just got finished cleaning out. It is bare metal, shiny as hell. That poor 15 stuff is all out of there. That's all because of YouTube, man. Some 17-year-old kid recorded himself cleaning the gas tank. He didn't know if it was going to work or not, but it was awesome, man. Hell yeah, dude. I'm definitely going to – yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good uh, shout-out to YouTube. And, and, I mean, honestly, they've made it a lot easier to do a lot of things. Heck yeah, dude. Shout-out to the people that, that post on YouTube. I mean, that's really how I figured out to do – my fuel pump the first time when I was doing it in that caliber, I had to put in a new Walboro pump and install a brand new fuel rail, you know, create a, a return line to it and everything like that. My butt was watching YouTube videos. When I, when I changed my turbo out, I, I actually put in uh, switched the stock turbo up to a, a Garrett, like it was a, a stage two turbo, things like that. Uh, I, that was how I learned about what the turbo like how every piece went into it you know the oil cooler everything like that um that's how i learned about it the, the different intercooler all the different pieces it really helped me understand how it worked and also what it did for the car it's awesome i'm i'm definitely gonna need to brush up on some some youtube videos especially for all that stuff i mean technology's changed in 20 years since i've really even touched a, a turbo i've got a twin scrolling turbo on my uh, little bmw out there and I would never think to touch it. Like I'm not gonna touch that thing. But I'm, you know, an old car that's not my daily driver, dude. I'm, I'm invested. I want to make that happen. Uh, so I'll be, I'll be all over some YouTube for that, man. Dude, uh, this has been fun, dude. Like we just BSed about uh, cars for, I don't know, like 40 minutes, and uh, we love it. It's passionate. Um, we're gonna have to do some more follow-ups uh, throughout the, the course of. Uh, uh oh. Uh, the I'm, I'm gonna call it. What is it? About. What is it? Aim Automotive information modeling let's do it there you go <laughs> we aim to bim man. we aim to bim, bim. Aim. whatever it is i don't know don't quote <laughs> us <laughs> yeah. but hey guys we're more than freaking uh bim we love bim don't get us wrong but uh we thought this one would just be fun show uh show you guys who we really are we're a bunch of uh knucklehead fathers and gearheads and you know nostalgic about old stuff and good whiskey yeah. and beer so uh and this was fun man go before we go though um, I do want to make everyone aware that we are uh, taking Brewing with Bim on the road here in the next few months. And, um, I, you know, maybe if we're in your city, come see us. If we're in your city, well, come well, see definitely us. Definitely, if, if we're in your city, come see us. Um, 
And uh, we'll, we'll throw some stuff up on our website about that. But uh, um, more on that, like, um, I guess the dates were just uh, publicly announced or something like that, or maybe maybe for our company. But uh, our, our employer is uh, doing some uh, awesome events across the country where Dave and I are actually going to give some talks about uh, BIM and construction technology and um, uh, modeling from, from Point Clouds and Revit and all the fun, awesome stuff that goes with that uh verification yep. and just really cool workflows dynamo yes um so uh as we talk more about just that, having some good conversations and drinking some beer and drinking some beer man and uh we'll, we'll put those dates up on our website as well we'll give a, uh, a link back to our uh, uh the actual you know event stuff so you guys can sign up and join us out there it's all free come out hang out with us uh drink some beer and um uh, learn some some stuff about bim or heck educate us on some stuff about bim Heck yeah, definitely. We'd love to sit down and talk with anyone and have, you know, conversations, any feedback you guys have on the podcast or anything you guys want to talk about, anything cool that you've seen come out or anything you want to show us, bring it out. We'd love to see it. We'd love to have these conversations. And for those of you guys that are jonesing for a fix on uh, BIM and SIM and construction technology, um, you don't have to wait too long. Dave and I are going to put out another episode later this week. This was just a a catch up because we had, uh, uh, you know, had quite a little gap there and we wanted to um, connect and uh, just just wanted to have a good old conversation. But uh, later this week, join us as we have another special guest, uh, and we'll do some introductions then and talk about what he's doing in the construction space. Thank you, everybody.